Depending on which brand of religion you favor, your road to heaven can be easy or extremely hard. We're going to take a look at the easy route next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. to heaven, from God's perspective, is pretty simple, pretty easy. In fact, God made it that way on purpose, understanding that if it were left up to us, we'd make it about as difficult as possible, heaping rule upon rule and law upon law to make sure that we get there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're looking at Romans chapter 10 today, verses 5 through 15. Join us as we see just how easy it really is to get to heaven. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. And this is, this is the message of faith. It's a message that demands that you believe it. The gospel never saves until you believe it. You must believe it from the heart, and you must believe it enough that you'll fill your mouth with it. What fills your heart will fill your mouth. No such thing as secret disciples. No such thing as secret Christians. Like the boy that went off to camp, they asked somebody, he said, well, they were afraid that he'd have all this persecution. He said, did anyone ever find out you were a Christian? He said, absolutely not. I told no one. No one. Are, have you ever received Christ in the heart? He says here, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That word Lord there is the word Yahweh Jehovah in the Old Testament Septuagint, the Greek, used 6,000 times, Jehovah, Yahweh. They only had four consonants, no vowels. So the Jews would not try to say it. So the Greeks came along, and when they made the Old Testament into Greek, they just put the word kurios, Lord, Master. And that's what they made the equivalent. And so what Paul is saying here, if you will believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord... He is God. He is Yahweh. He is Master. If you'll say that he's not just an itinerary speaker, not just a nice man, not just a, 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 a circuit-riding rabbi, as it were, but God, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you will believe it, and then it get to your mouth. And the primary way it got to the mouth in the New Testament is it got to a baptistry, usually a, a stream or lake. They went public at great cost. At great cost. I wish some way that we could baptize out in public instead of in these walls. I wish we baptized down at Refugio Park and all your friends were there the day you got baptized. That'd be the New Testament way. We'd have to have a few frogs in it, but everybody would know publicly you've gone public with your faith. Let me ask you, does everybody where you work know that you're a believer? Not because you cheat on the job. 
or not because you hand out stickers while you steal pencils. No, because they know you've got to change life. They know that you're a Christian. Or are you ashamed to know it and say it? Has it ever filled your mouth? He says, the saving faith involves the heart and a mouth that confesses, that confesses that Jesus is Lord. And what does it mean to say Jesus is Lord? He is God. He is master. He is who he said he was. He is risen. He's kept his word. And if you'll believe that, you'll be saved. God has done the hard part. He sent the son. He consented to the son's death. He raised him from the dead. And now he sent evangelists like the apostle Paul. God's salvation, God's Christ has come near to us in the gospel. And now all he's asking you to do is not perform but to believe. Trust not your own works, but trust the work God has done on your behalf. He sent his son for your sins, not his own. And when you believe that, when you put your faith in that, then you're saved. You declare right before God. You know what? It's awfully hard to be an evangelistic kind of Christian that shares the good news as long as you are preoccupied with trying to gain acceptance with God, trying to get a right standing with God. Until you're sure of your own standing with God, you will never share the gospel with others because you're not sure yourself. I grew up with people who thought you can lose their salvation backsliding equal losing it. And man, we knew, we knew how to backslide, believe me, especially if you're a young Christian. In and out, back and forth. What emboldens you to share the gospel is when you're sure of your own righteous status before God based upon his grace and not your works. Then you can offer it to anyone and they're going to say, well, you're not perfect. Says, I'm not talking about my righteousness. I'm talking about his. I'm not talking about my performance. I'm talking about his. And I don't think you're any less of a goof up than me. So I'm offering a fellow sinner something that gives you a righteous standing. It's as simple as believing what God has done. Can you believe God about what he's done, that he's come nigh to us in Christ to say, he wants to save you, mister. He brought me as the messenger, the word of God. The gospel has come nigh. And if anyone's ever heard this message, God has come nigh within inches to save him. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth and God will save you. And then he says, for it is said in Isaiah 28, going back to the Old Testament again, he said, those who put their faith in this stumbling stone, this cornerstone, they shall not be ashamed. Do you see that? As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And the idea of shame here is you come up to the moment that you believe and you think you're going to be acquitted, you're going to be accepted, but you come up to find out it's not true. It just doesn't happen. You'll be disappointed. You'll be shamed. 
You counted on it, but it's not there. You got a bad check. You thought you had $5,000 and all you had was a piece of paper worth one cent. He said, whoever calls on this Christ, you will not be shamed. And it's primarily in the day of judgment. This is the way it was used so much in the psalm. You will not be ashamed of me in that day. You will not be ashamed of me. It's over. He said in Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been poured out in our heart, and this love does not disappoint. You will not come to the end and have been deceived or found to have an empty bag. He said, trust Christ. Cast your hope on the stumbling stone to Israel. You can build your whole life for eternity on him. He will not disappoint. Then he goes on to say another quote. He's going to be quoting Joel, but he says, There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. That's all I'm saying, Paul could say. I'm not against Israel. I'm not against Gentile. God's given me a message with universal implications. There's nobody excluded in the gospel offer. It doesn't matter about ethnicity. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter your economics. This isn't based upon social status. It's not based upon racial connection. It's based upon God's offer in Christ. It is a universal gospel to every kindred, tribe, and tongue. Take it to the ends of the globe. There's no special category. You come this way if you're Jewish. You come that way if you're Gentile. You come to the stumbling stone Christ. Put your faith in him. Believe in your heart. Confess him. God will save you. God gives his word. That is his word. Why do we make it hard so that we don't share the message? Why are we frozen at the mouth as evangelists? Why do we want to hire one guy in this church to be our evangelist? I was talking about hiring someone to do evangelism, and I went to a seminar on evangelism and church growth recently, and the guy said, the worst thing you can ever do is hire a pastor of evangelism. I thought, wow, I went to the conference to figure out how to do it. And this guy's only part of a church of about 10,000 people, Mark Driscoll in Seattle. And I said, what do you mean you don't hire someone? He said, as soon as you hire them, the whole church pays them to be the evangelist. He said, I understand the Great Commission was for every believer that's born again. Every one of you are to be his witness. Every one of you. You can't throw it onto this department. Throw it on that. Well, you pastors don't do enough. No, you don't. You're the church. You shall be my witnesses, not the paid staff. But if you don't believe this gospel works, if you don't believe it for you, if you think it's hard, this is the easiest thing in the world. You just got to present it. And guess what? Even a dummy like you and I could present it and God would save them. You don't have to be Billy Graham. You just got to present them Christ. God alone gives faith. God alone opens eyes. God alone turns off. Why have we made it only what the few can do? No, we're escaping responsibility. We're shouting on our way to heaven and saying, we don't want to be bothered with those going to hell. What kind of faith is that? 
Is that the kind that drove this Jewish boy all over Asia Minor, bleeding in Derby, stoned in Lystria? Something was driving him besides John Calvin. He said, go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Preach it to every creature. I'm going to see that everybody hears it, and it's up to God who he saves, but it's up to me to see they hear how they can come so easy. Come, believe with your heart. Call him who he is, Lord. Who else do you know who emptied a tomb? Who else do you know could speak to the wind, be still? Who else could tell demons to go out of the girl's body? Who else can break up? Jesus broke up every funeral he came to. Nobody could stay dead around him. Huh? Hey, Lazarus dead? It didn't matter if he'd been dead two weeks. Uh, uh, death is no problem. Get up, boy. Get up, Lazarus. And the reason he said Lazarus, if he had not, the whole graveyard would have got up. Lazarus, you come forth. Tell me someone else like Philosophers can debate ideas. Philosophers can commit suicide like Camus, Jean-Paul Sartre, Socrates. But Jesus didn't commit suicide. He died in the place of his people. And he's alive. And God said, confess he's alive. He's alive. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's alive. Christ is building the church. A living Christ. I'm waiting to get on fire about this thing here. And I said, there's no difference. And he said, the same Lord is Lord of all who richly blesses all who call on him. He's saying, I'm loaded with gifts. I'm loaded with riches. I'm listening for you to call. You say you're poor. You say you're burdened. You say you're stripped. You say you're battered and you're bruised. Well, I'm loaded with riches. I'm just trying to find somebody that will call on me. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, Joel, too, and Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost, whoever, you're a lost man out there. I'm preaching to a building, let's say, lost people. And I can say, you're on your way to hell, and hell's forever. And hell's eternal separation from God. And you're in chains right now. You're bound by your sin. You're bound by your darkness. And I hear God saying, go give them some good news. If they could call on the Lord, even in chains you can call. Oh, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, Lord, show me Jesus. I can't perform. I have slept with too many. I've stolen too much. I've made too many promises I can't keep. I have failed. I'm miserable. My sin is eating my heart away. I've got broken relationships, broken homes. He said, I know, but I haven't heard you call. Call. Whoever can call. This poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his distresses. I think of old blind Bartimaeus. He couldn't even see where to get the Christ. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? But he heard the ruckus of the crowd. He heard the crowd, and all of a sudden he started saying, David, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus said, I hear somebody, and I can imagine the disciples said, Lord, there's a lot of folks yelling. He said, no, I know the difference between yelling and the cry for help. I know when somebody's crying for help. It was like that crowd when that woman touched the hem of his garment. And he said, somebody touched me. And they said, well, Lord, they're all touching. He said, oh, no, I know the touch of faith. Virtue went out of me. When you reach out and you want to believe him, his virtue goes out. He will hear you. Will you call on the name of the Lord? It's that easy. And just say, oh, Lord. That thief could say, Lord... I'm dying under the Roman Empire's death penalty because I've been a thief and a murderer. But thou art the Son of God. I'm calling on you. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Watch this. Look how hard. Now, wait, wait. This day, I'll meet you in paradise. What? Just that easy. You admit that you're a sinner? And you admit it, I'm the son of God. And you know you're wrong. You know I'm right. You want me? I've made an appointment with you right now. I'll see you in paradise in a few days. And you today, some of you are lost in your perfectionism. It is the nausea, vomit of Christianity that to be self-righteous, you think you're going to heaven. It is as repudiating as vomit. How could we ever preach self-righteousness when we're all naked, poor, and blind and come to Jesus for succor? Nothing in my hand to thee I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. O Lamb of God, I come. Could my tears forever flow? These for sin could not atone. For thou must save and thou alone. O Lamb of God, I come. And I, I guess how far I have to come, I got to tell you, the night I got saved, I was sitting right back there in a little Pentecostal church in Richmond with my brother Paul and Sylvia. But I re- I'll never forget it. It was just two rows back. And the preacher preached. And I often thought that night, I, I only walked about that far when they made the, you, we grew up, you had to be at the altar to get saved. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I, I knew I had to get saved, go to the altar. So I went to the altar. I didn't know about it, just call on the Lord where you are, but sure didn't hurt me. And I came down to the altar. And when I got home, it finally hit me. He came all the way from heaven. I only had 10 feet to walk, and I knelt, and all my sins were washed away. If you're here today, you want to be saved, or you want your brother, your sister, your mother, your father to be saved, why don't you tell them about God's easy way to be saved? He's done all the work. He's just asking you to believe in him. Believe, and then if you believe in him, go public. I am a follower of the Lord. They took Polycarp, they arrested him. And when they arrested him, they, uh, the people who came to get him saw that he was such a righteous man. He asked them, said, just give me an hour to pray. I know you've come to execute me, but would you give me an hour to pray? And he offered them a dinner. He fed the men that came to kill him, and they fed a meal while he went in the other room and prayed. 
And then they got him in the arena, and everybody said because of his age, he was 86 years old, uh, the governor kept saying, you're an old man. Uh, We want to give you another chance. Uh, Just say, Caesar is Lord. That's all you got to do. Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. All this culture is telling us is, just don't say Christ is the only way. Just don't say it's Christ only. That makes you cultic. That makes you non-politically correct. Just say every way gets you to heaven. But as the crowd kept calling him an atheist because he did not subscribe to the idols in the Greek temples, the governor said one more time to Polycarp, you're an old man. I don't want to kill you. Simply say, Caesar is Lord. Polycarp, he spoke to the governor. He said, for 86 years, this one called Jesus has done me nothing but good. I now cannot betray him in my last moments, for Christ alone is Lord. They rushed upon him. They wanted to, uh, they usually would nail them to the stake, and he says, there'd be no necessity to nail me. I'll stand there of my own. They did tie his hands, and uh, he went there. The first time, the fire went out. The blood came out of him without him dying and put out the fire. So they rushed upon him and started stabbing him. But his last words were, Jesus is Lord. And I hear Philippians 2 say, someday God is going to see to it that every knee bows. And Caesar is going to say someday, Caesar of Rome, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. I stole his glory. The reason they took the name Augustus, it was really the word august. Awesome. I am a human leader that's august. But someday God said, I will see to it that everything in creation, including Satan, will bow. And every tongue will confess. But you know what? Calvary's made me already bow. I've already made the confession. I'll need no force. It's now a voluntary act of worship. Come. God's made it easy to be saved. If you believe, if you confess, if you come, you can be saved. Our Father, I thank you that you've done all the work, the hard work. And now as we get ready to just celebrate the Lord's Supper and to celebrate this death, this violent death on our behalf. May we worship you. May we adore you. May we forever tell people we are the people who couldn't perform, couldn't do it, and there are no such people that can perform, but God has handed us a divine gift in Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. Let us now celebrate the Lord's Supper as our brothers come and distribute these elements. We pray, let us praise and adore you. In 
Jesus' name. That'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series is called Israel's Past, Present, and Future, taken from chapters 9, 10, and 11 of the Book of Romans. It is available if you ask for it by name. Just ask for Israel's past, present, and future, and we'll send it out to you for a gift of $15 or more. And this is an eight-CD set, by the way. If you would like the entire 47 sermons out of the Book of Romans, that is available for a gift of $100 or more. And again, all of these gifts are tax-deductible, and they go right back to the radio broadcast. If you would like to be a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. You see, it's through your gifts and donations that we're allowed to continue the ministry here on KFAX. And as a TFT sustainer, no matter the size of your gift, and nothing is too small or too big, we'll send you a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. You'll also have access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. Call us for more information and all of the details, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You can also find out more about us at valleybible.org or write 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. You're welcome to join us for worship as well. We meet at 9 and 11 here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Directions and information can be found on our website, valleybible.org, or again, give us a call, 855-833-9864. We do thank you for joining us today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.